Hi guys, um, welcome back to my podcast and thank you for tuning in today. Um, this one is an episode that I've actually been quite nervous to record just because it is quite dear to me. Um, I think most people will feel this way. Um, I have a friend with us today who is going to be discussing issues of mental health, but specifically bipolar disorder. Um, the term mental health covers so much stuff, right? Um, and it can be affected by and can affect so much, including like even our physical health. So it's not just about mental and emotional health. It's also your physical health that is affected or can affect our mental health. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be doing anyone any favors by saying that this podcast covers everything that comes under the mental health umbrella, but we can begin to touch on a few different aspects of it um, how we live with it, the ripple effects of it, and so on and so forth. So, like I said, I have my friend Jenny today joining us. Um, Jen, could you please introduce yourself, tell us a bit about yourself, and um, and also how we know each other. So, a bit about you and a bit about how we know each other. <laughs> Yeah, all right, I'm Jenny. Um, Instagram, Jenny Buckle, I'm 88. Shameless plug, not sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Live in northeast of England. It's classed as County Durham, but it's a little tiny town called Stockton, uh, right near Middlesbrough. Me and Patriona, how did we meet? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were basically uh, both employed to work in Disney World, Florida, Epcot. Yeah. And both hated sunbathing, which is one of the reasons we bonded. (laughs) both loved crocheting and we fell in love with each other there and then and drank away too many cans of Bud Light oh god the Bud Light <laughs> I miss it so much that and Buffalo Wild Wings I'd go back tomorrow Pat I would. Yeah. oh I feel like that's actually how we became friends I feel like we 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 bonded <laughs> over B-dubbed oh it was a great place guys it was I just a place that it. did Buffalo Wild Wings and we would get it with the blue cheese dip mm. and oh, this was it was great. This I is going back now. some years now, but this is going back some 11 years. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. So, yeah, that is how we became friends. So, guys, this is my friend, Jen. Um, so, yeah, let's just jump straight into it. Firstly, okay. can you give us, like, sort of a quick breakdown about what bipolar disorder is? So, mm-hmm. I know that we can't cover everything entirely. Um, yeah. But just kind of a quick review. Are there different types or, like, stages? Um, yeah. Is it more likely to be diagnosed in certain people? What are some of the symptoms? Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So there's a couple of different types of bipolar. Um, you don't tend to go straight into the diagnosis and get diagnosed immediately with bipolar. That's not normally how it works. So I'll give you I'll let you know basically how I got diagnosed to start with this. That's all right. Oh, yes, um, so basically I was um, it was not over. Oh, God, I don't know. A couple of years ago and I was going to work and I work in an office. And in the office, the month of October is quite a big blur to me. I don't really remember a lot of things. I remember being very paranoid, thinking everybody was talking about me because and and thinking that I knew things about people. So they were using that against me and and trying to ostracize me because I knew, you know, I was going crazy. Like, I know, you know, we're not supposed to use words like that. But and anyway, that's how you feel, though, isn't it? mm -hmm, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So then anyway, so and I was ostracized myself from all my friends and my family. I was um, 
really becoming isolated more so and it made sense in my head and to be honest with you even even years later I still I still rationalize feeling like that because that was how I felt at the time and it was correct even though now I can look back and say you know no you, you definitely people definitely weren't talking about you yeah. <laughs> but you're still like but I felt like the worst so I do you know what my it, feelings yeah. are valid I am a valid, I, they are valid. Anyway, so um, everybody knows, anybody who works in an office knows that uh, pens are like currency in an office. <laughs> so yeah. when they go missing, like you're going to take some bitches down, do you know what I mean? So anyway, so I walked over to my desk, <laughs> working in a call centre that deals with mortgages and loans where you have to be quiet. Someone had taken my pen off my desk. So I scream at the top of my lungs, which one are you? Some things has got my pen. I'll knock you all out. Oh <laughs> so my my, uh huh. Yeah. Were you joking? Was it like in a jokey way? Or... No, no, no. I was taking people down paths. You know me. I'll, I'll take you down for a chicken wing for a viral. Just let's go. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I um anyway. So then my manager, because I was a manager at the time as well. Um, my, so the manager was a big boss manager. It was like Jen. Do you just come in the office with me? Which we all know never goes well. Everyone stares yeah. at you. And I go in and she goes, what's the matter with you? And I said, I'll tell you what my problem is. I hate you. I hate you all. I hate you all. I was on self-destruct. Wow. So my manager said, right, okay, that's right. She was, I mean, I'll never, until the day I die, will ever be able to repay this woman for what she did for me. Because she then, she said, so, all right, okay, that's fine. What doctors are you with? Told her my doctors. And what's the name of your doctor? Just, I can't, just for, and I was, and I told her, and then she comes, she walks out of the office and I'm standing, I'm pacing the room, I'm flipping nothing. I wasn't flipping anything. I was trying to sound really dramatic there, but I wasn't flipping anything. I was just pacing the room. And um, then my manager comes back in on the phone and has organised an appointment with me. Now, my GP wasn't actually available. So they got the, the a stand-in. Okay. And I think because I had somebody who was on like residency, who was it was it was working. I saw like on work placement and placement in the in in my GP. I don't think I'd have got as far as I did because he took it so seriously. Rather than thinking, oh, here we go, someone else, you know, he, he yeah. took it really, which is a common, which is as I know now, is a very common reaction to people going into doctors with any type of mental health is oh here we go we'll just give them anxiety and depression we'll just give them some mm -hmm. sertraline they'll be all right and that's obviously not always helpful well we know for a mm. fact from this guy right here that yeah that, mm -hmm. that's not mm -hmm. i know advice, i know yeah. Mm -hmm. so then um anyway I went in he gave me a two-week sick note and then I had to he, he organized an appointment with me straight away he put me on sertraline because apparently that's what they have to do they have yeah. to put they have to give you anxiety and depression and put you on sertraline went back two weeks later and he said I'm going to give you another dosage I'm going to increase it and I said but I'm not depressed I'm mm. not depressed I don't feel sad I was sad and it's pretty clear that I was sad but I wasn't I didn't feel depressed that's all I can explain it as I can so then, anyway, so I kept going back. And then he said, after the third time, so this is the sixth week, <laughs> you know, he says, um, I'm going to I'm gonna refer you to our access team, they call it, um, because you've been a different person every time I've seen you. You don't have the same personality every time I've seen you. So I'm thinking, oh, here we go. I'm going to be that woman who's, who's the crazy old lady walking down Stockton High Street with a butterfly wings on, you know, with a trolley full of cans, you know, thinking I'm going crazy. And I said, I feel like I'm going mad. He said, and this is the best thing that anybody's ever, there's two pieces of information this bloke's given me. The first one was, you're not mad because the people who are mad don't know that they're mad and you think you're mad. 
which makes complete sense to me but like what you know and the second one was you know when I was saying well people are always saying that I've just I'm just acting like a dickhead because of my bipolar you said well sometimes that is the case but sometimes you're just being a dickhead (laughs) the two best pieces of advice any people have ever given me in my life and it was the same blow so then anyway so then I got referred to the access team so I'm a mental health nurse they ask you a bunch of questions you get asked these same bunch of questions over and over and over again and he said, what do you think about BPD, which is borderline personality disorder? And he gave me a piece of paper and I said, I don't think I've got this. And he tried to fight me on it a little bit. And I pushed the piece of paper away from him and I said, I don't have borderline personality disorder. And he then took me off my ear. So I was a bit stern. Bear in mind, it's the first time I've ever gone through anything. You know me, I was always, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. Then he, um, he, he took the piece of paper and he said, right, I'll refer you to the psychiatrist come off your sertraline don't wean you off just come off it but it had only been about six weeks okay so then a week later I see my psychiatrist and a girl who I work with said to me I said I don't know how comfortable I feel because we're not these you don't talk about your problems and you don't talk about how you feel and things northern is we don't do that you know what I mean so she said best thing to do is when you go in she said make yourself feel comfortable ask her a question about herself that she she won't expect take her off guard anyway she totally expected the question and I didn't take her off guard at all Anyway, she asked me the same bunch of questions and then she said, um, have you heard of some, uh, something called cyclothymia? Um, which I said, well, obviously not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and no. she said, uh, well, it's, it's a branch off bipolar. So it's, it's, uh, so you get, which is back to your question, I've gone on there, like, but there's a couple of different types of bipolar, one of them being borderline, a bod- bipolar disorder type one and type two, which okay. is the most severe. Then you've got cyclothymia, which is a branch of it, which develops into bipolar. Um, where with borderline, with ugh, keeps in borderline personality, with bipolar, uh, type one or type two, I can't remember. It's uh, you, you go through longer spouts of a mood, so you'll okay. be down, you'll be down for a couple of weeks maybe, and then you'll be up for a couple of weeks. Cyclothymia, I could go through it in a couple of days, in a day, I could be up, down, depressed, happy, angry, all in in, in a matter of an hour. I mean, is, um, is that not mm-hmm. exhausting as fuck? Oh my god, yeah. Um, I mean, it then it it has been diagnosed now as bipolar type okay. two, but it was it was definitely you knew me some years ago. That was definitely I was definitely cyclothymic at the time, you yeah. know, because it develops and it was quite clear. Um, that was probably the most groundbreaking side of it was getting the diagnosis. But the, the scariest thing for me, and this is, I don't know if you're on repeat prescription, but was when they put me on a repeat prescription of my, my medication. Yeah. That, you know, that's it now. We mm-hmm. don't need to see you. You're going to need this for the rest of your life. Not yeah. only that, but you have to pay for it. How are you Like, I've got five dollars, you know what I mean? I've got to write spending. Why do you want me to pay for medication as well? <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, so that's basically it. So there's... Psychothymia um, is most commonly diagnosed, but the least spoken about. Okay. Um, and they put you on a medication usually called quetiapine, which is known as an antipsychotic use mainly for bipolar and it's a sedative so you take it on a night I have to take mine on a night <clears throat> because the first day I took it I took it on a morning and you know Mr Burns in the Simpsons when he's walking around as an alien <laughs> yeah I was like right. proper yeah so then you take that on a night um, and then that brings me down so the doctor the psychiatrist explained to me that my brain works because I do speak quickly obviously 
Um, but the, the, the psychiatrist explained my brain works as, you know, in like the old American movies where there's the operator and they're picking up all the different phones and saying, please hold, please hold, please hold and mm. put the phones down. Well, my brain's doing that, but not putting the phone down. So all these different things are going on in my brain at exactly the same time. So you have mm. rapid thoughts, rapid speech, um, uh, delusions of grandeur, which I have no clue where to get that from. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's, uh, you lack of like um you don't need you have no inhibitions very direct blunt obviously erratic moods and there can be like promiscuity and things like that which can be dangerous so yeah. uh-huh so that's that and then i've got i've got my quetiapine which brings me down and then my metazapine which brings me up so that i didn't get that i didn't get that dosage until a little bit further down the line when my, my down my lows were becoming more frequent and then they brought my quetiapine. I'm on 200 milligrams of quetiapine and 45 milligrams of metazapine. So they bring me up and they bring me down. So they even me out. So it's the epitome of a chemical imbalance. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. So do, you, um, do you, how do I even word this? Do you see yourself, like, how do you see yourself in comparison to other people? Um... That's a strange question. <laughs> um, like, actually, no, let me reword that. Do mm-hmm. you see yourself in any different way to how you perceive yeah. other people around you? Yeah, 100%, okay. yeah. I think it's it's easier for other people to get, have a child, for one, because this is hereditary. Um, easier for other people to get jobs. Reliability. Mm-hmm. Because people, mm-hmm. and I am an extreme, you know me, I'm reliable, I'm like a scrapyard dog, I'm loyal, you know, but um people see it on paper and assume that you're going to be this erratic crazy out there unreliable irresponsible person which is actually the polar opposite of what I am yeah um getting into relationships as well because when do you tell I mean we've had this I know we have had this conversation a lot but when do you tell people not just relationships as in a a, 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 like a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever you want any relationship in in friends friends when do you tell somebody you can on a night out and someone goes oh then you go I've got bipolar the look in people's eyes is like you've just told them that you've killed the nana like it's not normal for people to react to the way that they do yeah so yeah I do I view myself different in that aspect yeah I do but then I've I've, I mean it's it's, I haven't been diagnosed like as 32 year old I haven't been diagnosed as long as some people like there's a lot of people who've been diagnosed um since we're like what 20 21 so it's under control it's like well not not so under control but they've got they're used to it and they've got the acceptance where for me Mm -hmm. I've gone through all of these years just thinking that it was my personality which a lot yeah. of it is but some of it is some some of it it's, it's clear sometimes that it's not my personality and I don't just tell my mum to shut up <laughs> well I do but you know <laughs> but like I don't there's certain things that I wouldn't do maybe if I wasn't feeling low yeah like ignore people differently like maybe somebody else might handle it in a slightly different way yeah oh um, yeah definitely um, you were saying about kind of when you um, first went on the what not the metazapine the the other medication quetiapine that one quetiapine. So you were saying quetiapine. Let's say it together. Quetiapine. Quetiapine. Thank you. All right. 
So you're saying that when you went on that, you were kind of like um, like this kind of Mr. Burns kind of in Alien mm-hmm. mode. Um, it's interesting that you said that because my next question was actually going to be on kind of the, I suppose, the effect. Because when I was first put on sertraline, as they mm-hmm. do, it's like the first thing they put you on. Um, mm-hmm. I kept saying to everyone, now this is different to how I felt before, because before I felt like I was drowning. But when mm-hmm. I was put on it, I felt like I was just underwater all the time. Underwater, yeah. Very, very I did when I was feeling. on sertraline. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Like something that not many people do talk about, especially people who have like... Um, I'm going to say more severe diagnosis. What I mean, what I'm saying, what I mean when I say that is people who don't have temporary, where it's it's a it's a it's a lifelong condition. Yeah. Um, people don't tend to talk about the suicide part of it, which I have none of, by the way, self harm, none of it. But um, when I was when you get the questions that they ask you, the doctors say, "Have you ever thought about death or dying?" And um, my response was every single time, and it will be, is I wonder who would care which is quite common in a lot of people because, you know, people, especially if you're single and, you know, who would care if I die type of thing. And I never thought about it ever. And when I was on the surgery, I remember crossing my road because I started going for morning walks, which is obviously. And as I was crossing the road, a car was coming and I looked and I thought, I wonder if I stopped. I didn't, but I thought it. And that was when I thought that's the first time. So surgery gave me that where I was a bit more like thoughtful, more pensive, you know what I mean? Like I'd, I'd think more deeply into things, but the quetiapine, the side effects of that are um once I take my tablets on a night, bitch, you ain't speaking to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm like gone, aren't you? Like Yeah, yeah, like I, yeah, I slur my words and you know, and like I'll because and I don't know if this is because of it, and I have spoke to my doctor about this, is because I'm on the metazapine and the quetiapine. Sometimes I'll wake up at about half eleven, go for a wee or whatever, get back into bed and I'll be like un, like restless but my brain's tired but my body's not and I don't know if that's because of the different medication I'm on yeah so mm -hmm. but there's there's not really there's not really much that the quetiapine to be honest with you I mean a lot of people don't like taking antipsychotics just because of the stigma because on some forms it says are you on an antipsychotic it literally it does say that and there's some people I know, and this is how, and I've had this conversation a lot, especially with people who don't believe in mental health. You know, these people who are, nah, well, we didn't have it back in the day. No, it was there. Yeah. We just didn't talk like, about no, no, it. You definitely had it. You just didn't deal with it in the right way, which is why yeah. you know, there were exactly. also suicide rates back then and why we have a lot of traumatised exactly. grown-ups, you know, exactly, who haven't yeah. done the formal work but have just had children and put it on their kids. So, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, but I... The only thing the, with the quetiapine is obviously the, the the stigma of it, and that that's really that's that's really it. It's been a godsend for me. The metazapine makes you eat. <laughs> so I eat. I, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? <laughs> I mean, listen, our friendship has been based on what is it, eleven years of pure food, <laughs> literally just eating. <laughs> <laughs> but like I can literally like especially like I mean I'm I've I'm going into that more but like I'm living on my own and stuff because I fill my freezer because when you when you live alone you know you freeze stuff because yeah you can't have I mean yogurts I mean I have to literally like ration my yogurts to make you know anyway and I literally I'd be on my dinner at work because obviously we're work or dinner sorry lunch because we're, we're yeah. from work yeah. and we'd be like 
I'd be sat there and I'd think there's some chicken Kievs in the freezer there. I might just shut them in so that I'd have two chicken Kievs and chips and that'd be my dinner. Then I've got my tea coming later on. What should I have there? Chicken wings and chips go on then. Like, I can just eat. I don't get full. <laughs> Uh, do you is... just feel kind of like a black hole then of just... Oh, yeah. I know exactly right. now how my six foot two skinny brother feels. <laughs> he can just eat, like, he just eats, like, food. Like, he's just like a, like a, like a, like a, he eats like a bin. We call him the bin because he can just eat everything. Like, <laughs> and I'm I'm just jealous. But, well, I'm not, well, I will be jealous when I look in the mirror. When we start having to go out, mate, I haven't had jeans on in about a year and a half. <laughs> I, I don't know the last time I wore jeans and I don't know that I ever want to wear them again. I'm not fussed about wearing them. Um, I've got a drawer full of them. Just, yeah, I have loads and I just think, do you know what? It's not my time anymore. You know, I'm. it's just not my time. I have a 20-year-old sister. She can have the jeans. Like, I don't need the jeans, mm-hmm. you know? I just yeah. I feel like it's time to just embrace the stage of life that I'm in. And just it's not it's it's just not my time. Jeans are not my time. I right know, now. but I've got so. a five foot four mother who was built like like a swimmer. <laughs> it was rocking about in jeans and that, and I'm like, all right, mum, in the trackies. <laughs> I mean, maybe jeans are her time, but they are just not. Maybe mine. yeah, fifty nine, fifty eight year yeah. old, yeah, they're her time. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I feel like we're going to come out of this like phase that we're in, and then go back into a phase where we're like. Yeah, jeans. Yeah, I do. I'm just, I feel like we're just in that like weird in between. But anyway, we've gone on a complete tangent, complete digress. Uh-huh. Um, bringing it back to the reason why we're all here, guys. Um, still on kind of the subject of like the medication and stuff. So, um, mm-hmm. was there any relief in going on your medication? And I mean this in terms of, again, like I said before, I went on the search and I felt like I was drowning. But when I was on it, I felt like yeah. I was underwater and it was all a bit weird but after a few months you know all your chemicals balance out and things mm-hmm. what I did like for me just for my own kind of peace of mind was that if something bu- bu- bugged me and I found myself kind of not spiraling as much as I used to but I suppose just kind of like thinking about it because it's something that had upset me or annoyed me or angered me whichever mm-hmm. I, f- I mean my feelings were always valid before anyway however I could trust myself more because I was kind of like, right, this isn't just me being, you know, uh. it was like, hold on a second. If my chemicals are all okay and everything's okay in that sense, then maybe the reason I'm annoyed about this thing is because it's something to be annoyed about. And maybe I'm not being defensive. Yeah. Maybe you actually have done something to me that isn't okay. So did you feel like there was any, did you feel like that in terms of you could trust yourself more or did you just feel yeah I mean like uh like I said earlier I mean when I went under the medication I was in massive denial huge you know I was in huge denial huge no I don't need medication oh they're just gonna they're just gonna think it's they think it's pretend no it's wrong no no they're just this is just a this is just a face then they put me on the quadriplane and then when you when you get diagnosed with a um with uh like a condition like that um you have to be you have to be like passed back over to your GP following from your diagnosis and your medication. So only my psychiatrist can di- can can prescribe me the quetiapine. And metazapine is obviously through the GP. However, if I need to go into a higher dosage, it'll then go back to the psychiatrist. So you're referred back to the access team. And when she signed me off on 200 milligrams of quetiapine and then said, so you'll just, you can order your prescription online. I've never done that. I'm not a poorly person. You know what I mean? I'm not like... Mm. I mean, I had swine flu. Well, you know, when that was all going around, but that was about it. And I, 
genuinely thought was dying then don't laugh I thought was dying <laughs> so then um so then anyway so then um I had a massive I had like an internal battle because it was clear the quetiapine was doing me wonders but I was so angry yeah. that I required a medication I was, it. Yeah, yeah I was so angry I was so angry at myself because I needed this medication and then I was also angry at myself because well if you'd have got the doctors earlier if you'd have gone to the doctors when you were 20, like when, when we came back from America, you know, if I'd have gone then, would I got this far? Yeah, because yeah. if I can catch cyclothymia in time and treat it, because it's they say that it's like your brain work, like like um, uh, exercising on an injury. So like, oh, if you're really? Not, yeah. So if you're not, um, well, that's what they said to me anyway. I don't know if that, but they said it's, you know, because you're not getting the right treatment and you're continuing to do these things that are, damaging you know and, and you're so overthinking it, it. Like a deterioration and it gets yeah yeah so if it? i wasn't yeah right. so it'd continue yeah, yeah. so um yeah i mean well that's what they said anyway and i mean it, it did it felt it, it and then so i was angry at myself but then i was i was more angry because i was conflicted because i was like oh it just feels so much better yeah i feel so much better but i did have this massive Chip, a chip. I had a chip on my shoulder, and when I went back to work, I was off work for thirteen weeks, and then when I went back, I went back onto another team of like specialists. That's what it was, a, and none of them knew me, um, because I've been working in another department. I came back, and like a couple of them were like, "Oh, where have you been?" I was like, "Straight, I have bipolar. It's okay, everybody. It's okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. We can all talk about it. Don't feel like you can't talk about it. I've got bipolar. You want to ask me about bipolar? Ask me, and I'll tell you. Like, and it was, it was a bit like, and I, I went to bed thinking about it because I was taking my tablets and I was waking up, and I was walking to work because it makes me feel better. And I was going into work and talking about it. My life was eating, sleeping, breathing bipolar, and talking and talking about it nonstop. So, okay. yes. Yeah. What, what did you do? Like, how did you get? I, I, I suppose how did you get to the next phase from there how did you get to the phase of acceptance in terms of not feeling like you had to talk about it all the time not being angry at yourself anymore mm-hmm. like what was uh, the next phase where did you feel like there was like something has changed now a very uh, like a, a massive part of my acceptance I suppose was 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 my support so I had people around me that would still treat me exactly the same because you do get treated different you do yeah um I've had people I mean we'll go into this later I'm sure but the things that people say to you um are absurd there's things that you have to there's things that you have to grow and move on from so uh people calling the weather bipolar things like that I used to be like can you not say that please that really offends me well it doesn't actually offend me because it'd be this because I'm blonde it'd be like the same thing me going well sorry I'm just having a blonde moment you have to move on it's 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 not meant it's not personally meant towards me they're not calling me stupid. They just say it's just it's just what they they're saying. They don't they don't mean any harm, and I had to sort of understand that. And my friends all treat me exactly the same. My family treat me exactly the same. And there was no, I mean, I'm from a Catholic Northern family. There's no no holds barred. Like I mean, there was no. You mean right? I'll give you that one, but do that again. Go on, I dare you. <laughs> so you know and and that reason that that helped having the normality but one thing that really did help me when I was when I've been diagnosed was was getting back into the routine and going back to work and facing people head on and also I mean when you've got a condition or I just say when you've got bipolar when you've got it I don't like saying I have I don't like saying I am 
yeah 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 um I obviously would upset people I mean that was when I knew I think that was when I knew that I wasn't right because I've always said things I've always been very truthful and I don't sometimes it's a curse sometimes you know it's a blessing but um I'm very blunt and but if I upset you I'll go oh sorry was that did I upset you that I didn't mean to hurt your feelings there where I wasn't sorry <laughs> making people cry I just be like bitch bye calm down <laughs> but like obviously there was that was you know not correct and uh and, and facing them ideal. and saying yeah and owning it and saying look I am sorry for what I did was I in my right frame of mind no and I have to warn that but yeah. now I am and I'm going to prove to you that that's, that wasn't me yeah because... I'm not making excuses I'm very aware of kind of yeah I am aware of what I did yeah. and I'm aware that I shouldn't have done it but I need you to know that it wasn't meant with ill intent it was never meant you know and and and, it, yeah. and other people have to understand that as well because other people have these assumptions about people who have specifically bipolar that <laughs> i'm like clacking my fingers like i can't i can't but then there's certain stigmas attached to it and things like that and and, and facing them people and looking them head on and saying well that's not correct and my main drive was proving people wrong. Yeah. And that helped. I mean, everyone's different. Everybody deals with things different. I One of my friends has borderline personality disorder and she likes to rest on that. And I'm, I'm saying that out of love for her. But yeah, I've got it. But, you know, it is part of me where mine is not. I have it. And I own that I have it. But it doesn't define me. And it never will. Yeah. You know, so... I hope that answered the question. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> Neither can I, but you answered it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was the question? Um, How did I get over an acceptance? Uh, and all that? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I did answer um, it. Yeah, you did. Because it, um, it was actually because of something that you said from the question before, and then I asked you that. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, uh, in terms of... So what you've just said now, you've mentioned kind of how other people are affected a little bit and things like that. Um, when I <laughs> see when I am going through quite a sort of depressive state, I'm going to uh-huh. just call it that. Um, to be honest, I don't think that I affect people that much in that mm-hmm. particular state, because really um, when I am, it's weird with depression it's not even so much that you always feel sad um but it's just like this sometimes it can be like you just don't care about anything you don't well, the care the definition about of depression isn't sadness you, is it it's um, feeling nothing it's literally like it, it's insane like I can't describe it you just feel like you're in this black hole of like nothing and you mm-hmm. don't care I can't and you imagine want it. to care but you just don't care so you mm-hmm. kind of just want to cry it's just it's weird but right the reason I say that I don't think that affects people too much is because um, I either find myself just going, becoming very insular and I just kind of sit with mm-hmm. myself. I barely can be yeah. bothered to brush my teeth. My room's a mess, whatever. Or I can be convinced to come out and I will literally, I'll be the funniest fucking person. Overcompensate. I will be so, it will be so fun. We will laugh. I will laugh so hard that you can see my tonsils. It's going to be great, right? <laughs> Um, yeah because I can kind of hide it in that sense but it's when other parts of my brain decide to start kicking in and they want to come out and play 
that's mm. the issue because then I think I become quite a displeasure to be around if I'm being honest um I think I can become very like techy I don't sleep very well so I'm very kind of like on edge I become very paranoid like I remember one of my friends Hindus that we went on and the entire week I was paranoid as fuck and because of that mm. I was acting really weird and obviously then people around you were acting weird because they don't know what the fuck you're doing they're like what, <laughs> what is happening like I don't understand what the problem so is basically and- a weekend with Jenny and Pat <laughs> it- like honestly like no. insane and again I know we shouldn't use those words but sometimes mm-hmm. when I'm going through an episode I can be like and what sucks is I know that I'm being like wild but I can't help it okay which isn't it's it's not very nice it's like I'm trapped in like a I don't know anyway do you right um are there any moments that you feel that you I don't know how to word this. How do you feel like people around you essentially are affected by your you having bipolar episodes? Like, just in in general, by you having it, and then also by certain moments that, like you mm-hmm. know, your highs and your lows. How mm-hmm. do you feel? Like, how are people around you? What's the ripple effect? Because when we have in quote mental health disorders, um, it's not just us that has to live with it. No, it definitely right because my friends have to live with the stuff that goes on through my head as well, right? It's not just me. Yeah. Um, my family has to live with it. Um, so how do you feel like people are affected and how does it make you feel knowing that they are affected those in those ways but you perhaps can't help yourself sometimes? My main, um, that's a good question, that. Um, I have, there's a lot of people who handle it differently. So um, my dad likes to pretend it doesn't exist. Um so he'll say, I remember one thing he said, God bless him, he is a, is a brilliant geezer. But one thing he said, uh, do you still need to take your medication because you seem better? Uh, <laughs> Dad, <laughs> if you that only knew, Father. Yeah, yeah, that's because I'm taking it. Um, so he, he tends to try and rationalise. So why are you feeling like this? What, what's making you? But everything's okay, isn't it? So what's the problem? That's one side of it. Okay. My mum will sit and I'll be like, I just feel dead alone. Well, I'd feel alone, I'm here. <laughs> I know, I know you are, mum, oh, but you know, know you're my mum. Yeah. You have to be. You have to be. You sort of, you give, but you sort of have to be here. <laughs> um, my friends, there's a couple of different types. There's one in particular, one of my closest friends and one of my most, my dearest friends. Uh, this um she'll I don't know what to do I don't know how to help you and I'm like I don't want you to help me I just want you to listen mm-hmm. but then I don't want to talk so then she'll be like yes let me tell you a joke and I'm like no I just want to sit in silence no, not everybody's yeah. not everybody's good at that and she also has kids you know and, and it's it's and she feels guilty because she can't always come and sit with me and things then one of my other best friends um she'll go right listen right all right, I get you. I'm with you, Jen. I'm with you. But there's other people, you, you're affecting other people now, and she'll tell me. And to be honest with you, that really helps because that's the type yeah, of upbringing I've had that. where, yeah. yeah, that's the upbringing I've had where you better, you better shut half your mouth if you're going to speak to me like that again. And I'm like, all right, so's man. You know, that's how I was raised. So I think that helps. Some people, one of my friends um, is very like, oh, I totally get you when I feel like that. And that's not, no. I don't need let's not have a comparison site let's just listen <laughs> and understand what I'm saying to you and acknowledge my feelings 
Yeah. Because, you know, I'll say, like, I'll say I feel alone. And they're like, well, I know, but, you know, I felt alone before, but then I did this and this made me better. Well, do you know what? Hun, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on a caravan and holiday. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. Or I don't, no, thank you. I don't want to get a boyfriend because that'll make me feel better. Or, you know, I could go on, but there's like, you know, there's things like that. So, Mm-hmm. Um, everybody affects differently. Um, I think the person who gets beat up the most about it is probably me because I feel guilty for putting people through it. Um, I also think that because other people, because now I'll give people passes where before you know me, but who you're talking to like that, you know what I mean? Or you know, but yeah. because then I'll give them passes and I'll go and uh, but if I do so I have to go, Jenny, you don't have to be like that because I don't do it anymore. Jenny, that you don't have to be like that. And I'm like, but they're being dickheads and like, well yeah, but that's just how they are. Okay, well I'm just a dickhead, like I don't understand. so I can't I can't rationalise <laughs> when why why all of a sudden I can't be a dickhead anymore. <laughs> yeah. So you know what I mean? But that's that's really it, really. I mean, I don't um I probably beat myself up the most about it. Um grandparents are like I've got elderly grandparents so they don't really get it they don't they also don't really care because they just get on with it you know what I mean but um the pet my brother he doesn't really speak about it uh but it's really mainly my friends that I see it impact because you can see they almost feel so when you come out of this cycle of because I'll be on a really really high massive high then I'll go and then I'll crash which is quite common then my friends will be messaging me. We have group chats and stuff. Then they'll see me and it's like, are you feeling better now? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was interesting. What were you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> what you about um, yesterday? Oh, no, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. <laughs> you know. Um, you know don't um, sorry. I, sorry to cut you off. Just you I'm said sorry. that you, um, you'll then crash. What? Explain to us what you mean when you say like you crash. What does it feel like? What, um, what happened? So it can be anything that can set me off. So I'll be on a really massive high. It's usually when there's an event coming up or I've got plans. So it's like excitement. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it doesn't necessarily even have to be the event. It can be something else. Then it'll take one thing. So um, a friend cancel on me. That can make me. Oh, yeah. Um, something not going right. Money. Mm-hmm can play quite a big part in it but what it feels like is oh well fuck it everything else is going wrong self-destruct okay um that's really the main way i can explain it to you it's very much like you feel like very self-involved very self-involved very uh all war me you know like oh well everybody hates me anyway nobody even bothers with me anyway oh i just don't even know it would nobody even cares and then very, very passive aggressive. I've become very passive aggressive when I'm down. Of mm-hmm. like, oh, like uh, my main, my main qualm is uh, when you say to people, "Are you okay?" And a lot of the times, people who are asking if you're okay all the time need to be asked if they're okay, and that needs to be that needs to be voiced more because people mm-hmm. don't. Because you're checking in on people, but what about the person who's checking in on the people? Yeah, which is which yeah. is generally me. That is, I do that a lot. And if you say, "Are you okay?" and then they go, "Not really, no." Oh, why? What's up? I just feel shit. All oh, right, okay. And the conversation stops. There's no, I feel shit. But are you okay? Yeah. 
if that doesn't happen, my passive aggressive comes out and I was like, I'm fine, thanks for asking. <laughs> Yeah, thanks. I just, right, yeah. I just can't help it. Yeah, so and it just it feels very much like um alone, very low, um, very moody, um, almost petulant, like a teenager. So anything will piss me off. Everyone's against me, and then if I go lower, it's the crying and not answering the phone to anybody and ignoring everybody and I'm not sat thinking I'm going to kill myself I'm sat thinking I'm going to watch all this tv and eat all these chicken wings and not speak to anybody yeah yeah which is um for anybody who does know me it's it's polar opposite (laughs) mind the pun of my actual personality that's not (laughs) that's not who I am at all so when if I if I do do that that's when I'm really low yeah right um I am so I mean for for the listeners who are listening um I am I am someone who is dyslexic um I come across a lot of conversations with people um where they say very flippantly (laughs) um, things like oh it's not my fault I can't spell that I'm stupid I'm dyslexic Mm -hmm. um you know it's just like and I get that it's just like an off-the-cuff thing um (laughs) <laughs> I like so when the kids at school for instance go miss I can't do that I'm dyslexic I'm stupid I then kind of say to them but in a very open way I say right do you think I'm stupid and they're like well no and I'm like okay well I'm 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 also dyslexic mm-hmm. now well, I tell Einstein dyslexic it's um I, I don't know um I think he was I mean there's a big chance that he was <laughs> um yeah but I, I, with them, I respond in that way because I want them to know that actually it doesn't matter. Like, you, mm-hmm. obviously it does because there are different difficulties we have to deal with. Yeah. But I tell the kids so openly so that they can kind of know, oh, okay, hold on a second. Miss yeah. has Dyslexia and me, stupid isn't, isn't they the same thing. They are not the same yeah. thing yeah. at all. Like right? we were talking Ample. before about the fat and when, so when you say I need to lose weight, they go, oh, you're yes. beautiful. When I say like, oh, I need to put on weight, I need to lose weight and people are like, no, you're gorgeous. I'm like, I, I never said I wasn't. I said I was I'm just so fat and ugly cord. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Like, so they are very, very different things, but people still relate kind of dyslexia and stupidity. Mm-hmm. What kind of things <laughs> are you hear <laughs> about <laughs> like literally like lay it all on me tell me the questions that people ask you because I'm sure you get asked very interesting questions oh god yeah. um, tell me the things that go just in passing sort of flippantly you know when yeah. people kind of go oh like earlier you said about people go oh the weather's being so bipolar and it's like uh-huh. so um I didn't know that is, is the weather erratically spending money and showing promiscuity yeah. um no so yeah there's there's i'll tell you about the ones that people say flippantly first so okay. my main one is is the weather there's also and i mean i'm all about social media there's a lot of memes on facebook that relate to bipolar mm-hmm. and um and getting yourself you, you, a bipolar girl and all this weird stuff yeah and that's not yeah. that's not you want to i'll give you a bipolar experience take my medication off me for a couple of days and i'll show you bipolar honey you'll be running for the hills believe me if you, if you let me go on you like if i'm feeling nasty but the main <laughs> one is <laughs> but there's like there's there's that there's there's one that says i'm so bipolar about my weight um some days i want to i want to be skinny and then some days i'm like i'll just eat all that pizza well that's not bipolar that's the actual yeah that's the actual, that's not what bipolar is. You don't change mm-hmm. your mind when you have bipolar. That's a definite misconception. Is bipolar does not mean you change your mind. 
yeah. and it doesn't mean that you, you I don't wake up in the morning and think I'm gonna have chicken wings and chips for tea I've mentioned them a lot I am aware of that and then <laughs> and then have a down patch and think I want to have a pizza <laughs> like, it doesn't work like that. yeah you don't that, your brain yeah. doesn't work like that it's and and that's not how my brain works I think that needs to it doesn't mean you're changing your mind bipolar just means that your mood changes so I fancy chicken wings and chips might have them with I don't know I might eat them happy might eat them sad but I'm still eating chicken yeah, and chips you know what I mean um questions are asked. um the main the main one <laughs> that I get is um people say oh tell me about bipolar that's not my job Mm-hmm. I'm not here to educate. You want me to you ask me questions and I'll answer your questions. We're not gonna sit and give you a run by run and play by play of what bipolar is. Yeah. Um unf- I know that's the whole point of this podcast, but that's not what I mean. You know what I mean. But in general uh, conversation, yeah. Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's, um yeah. yeah. I agree. Um then there's um and then you they'll ask you and then you can see them and they're not actually listening to what you're saying. And especially face to face, specifically strangers so you're on a night out or something or someone talks to you and someone says oh I've, I've, I'm having a, oh, like you're at a house party or whatever it happened we had just gone and a girl was stood talking to me and she said um, and she was smoking and she was chain smoking and I said what are you doing like you're smoking where you're washing it's a bit chilly hun do you know what I mean we're in the northeast of England it's not warm up here um, yeah, I mean, she went, I'm just dead nervous I said oh what's the problem and she was like I've just been diagnosed with severe anxiety and clinical depression and I said well, if you need to talk, you know, I'm here. And she went, I know just people don't understand. And I don't like saying it out loud because it scares people. I said, well, if it makes you feel better, I have bipolar. So come talk to me, drag me at the side, do this or this. And she was looking at me. And I could see she wasn't listening anymore. Mm. And then she went, I think I've got it. Pick <laughs> 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 I mean, one of them all. Like, pick one or two, one of them all. <laughs> <laughs> like leave some for me like it's not being selfish oh my you god know. I yeah I'm sorry that it's not funny but it's just so <laughs> it funny is, to me because, because you know, I've had moments like that where people are listening to your symptoms and stuff that you're dealing with <laughs> and they're secretly diagnosing themselves <laughs> and I it's know. like what <laughs> yeah I know and then they'll be like I think so. And so it's got bipolar, you know, because of this. Or he's my favourite one, right? People will go, da, da, da. he's got bipolar and point at you and you're like, oh, no, we've got a book club. Like, we all know each other. We're in a WhatsApp group. Yeah. Like, oh, no. oh, my God, yeah, yeah, we're all like proper in contact. What do you mean? Why would I know them just because I've got bipolar? We're not like in yeah. sync. Like, we're not like telepathically linked. Um, What's another one I've been asked? Oh, I, assumptions. I thought you were just like Gene out of EastEnders. Oh. Is, a ma- is a massive one um or Kerry Katona how do you respond to that I I tend to I mean if it's if it's coming from a from a from a from a, a nice place and it's not meant out of malice and it's meant it's meant it's just someone speaking from from just a, just asking questions well the only experience I've ever had with it is Jane out of EastEnders that's fine okay. yeah but it's when people are like so you like Jane out of EastEnders what do you mean? Do I make sausage plat and run around after Stacey Slater all day who thinks the baby is Jesus? No, I'm not. No, that's not what I'm like at all. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we're not all. I've never been sectioned. Um, I know a lot of people are sectioned. The majority of people who are sectioned with bipolar disorder are self-certified. They take themselves, um, which isn't really known um, because we are fully, we're self-aware. We're aware of what we're doing. We're aware mm-hmm. of what we're doing. 
risky we're, we're, we're showing risky behavior but it's up to us whether or not we choose to do it or not that's what mm-hmm. that's what it all comes down to because we are still we still have mental capacity um okay. another one that i've been asked uh so <laughs> this, <laughs> there was this, there's a massive Catholic Protestant community around here, um, which I think there is everywhere, but specifically here, it's quite a Catholic. Anyway, this Protestant girl was talking to me and she said, Are you Catholic? And I was like, Well, mum is, yeah, yeah, mum's Bernadette, yeah, Catholic, yeah, what? Why? Well, why didn't you? Just... <laughs> I can't even say it. Why didn't you just have an exorcism? And I was like, <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, what was that? And she was like, well, well, you know, Catholics, you believe in exorcisms, don't you? And I was like, and not modern medicine. So we're not allowed modern medicine because we're Catholics. <laughs> she went straight to the demons. She went straight to the, <laughs> straight to the demons. Straight to Father Patrick. I was like, bitch, Father Patrick's busy. Like, he can't always, I've got to go to Dr. Johnny. Like, you know. Um. Yeah, that's. <laughs> so yeah, so I've booked him for my exorcism. It's been signed off by. Sorry, but was she being serious? Was this completely was this genuine? Completely, and that was more of a, a lack of lack of education on Catholicism as well as. <laughs> on both. Because yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that is also a massive misconception that Catholics just all believe in demons and possessions yeah. and. I hate everybody, but I actually love everybody. Straight to the demons and you being straight to the demons, straight to Beelzebub, yeah. Wow. (laughs) I was like, what? And you know what you like, but I was like surrounded by my Catholic friends who like, you know, some like some Catholics get very offended. I'm not like, you know, and I was like, you know what? My friend was like, what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) What what are you offended by? She was like, us Catholics all don't just have exorcisms, you know? And I was like, oh, so not the bad part of it. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> you, you're not bothered about that. Just the Catholic thing, you know? Oh so, God. and yeah, there's a lot. So there's people asking me to diagnose them. Um, People questioning if I'm like certain people. Um, mm. There's, um, I get questions about my, my medication because it can give you like a tick or it can, it can make you twitchy or whatever. And um, a couple of years back, I think this is the case. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But there's a celebrity who from this part of the world, from my part of the world, who um, was on I'm a Celebrity. And her jaw was what we would call gurning up here. So her jaw was like moving. And Mm. that's quite a common symptom of somebody who's taking my medication. And a lot of people were ripping the shreds into her. Oh, and um, said that she was on drugs in the jungle, and I thought I'm pretty sure they can't even take like mirrors into the jungle. So <laughs> I don't know, just yeah. slipping in ecstasy. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's something you get quite a lot, and uh, people talking about a certain. I mean, there's like a there's the likes of Carrie Fisher, uh, had bipolar. She's obviously passed away now, but she had bipolar, and. Uh, older generation ask you about her so um because she was she was because that's she's renowned carrie fisher is renowned for being a proper live wire like for being like even on big bang theory like like the like the like not playing knocky dog when we call it here i don't know what do you call it is it called knocky dog uh, no we call it knockdown ginger 
What? Why are you knocking down gingers down? What's the matter with the gingers? <laughs> Why are you knocking a ginger down? Um, babe, I don't know because it doesn't actually make it like I don't actually know. I need to Google why we call we it. We need to Google that. Um, because I went to uni with someone who was, I mean, I went to uni in Birmingham, so kind of Midlands. Mm. So we had a lot of friends that were northern and they mm. all called it like knock a door on, knock a door on, not knock a. Knocky dar on. <laughs> oh, whatever, right? Whatever you people call it is what they called it. And all us Londoners are like, why'd you call it that? It's knock down ginger. But then as you say it out loud, you kind of think, well, no, actually, knock down ginger is what sounds weird. Um, so, yeah, sorry, yeah. carry on. Um, yeah, there's like an episode of Big Bang Theory where Carrie Fisher and uh, what's his name? David uh, Mufasa, what's his name? Oh, James Earl Jones. Yeah, James L. Jones is in it in the plane, Knocky Door Run on her, and he's like, You have to go because she's crazy. Because, like, that's what she's renowned for, Carrie Fisher. So, yeah, you get referred to as a lot of celebrities and um, things like, you know, stuff like that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, the possession one was probably my fave. I think that's my fave. I think that's my absolute favourite thing that, like, I've ever heard anyone say to anyone. Um, <laughs> it was, you know what it was? It was the fact that she was sat there, straight face to fuck. Like, well, don't you just, why didn't you have a, repos- why didn't you have, like, a exorcism? Yeah. And I was like, sorry. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even cross them two worlds. I don't even, I don't even think of them combining, like, an exorcism. What? <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not possessed. I just, you know, have bipolar disorder. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, all right, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, thank you for sharing those with us because I know I've laughed a lot, and they're not funny, <laughs> but to me they are funny as fuck because people are just ridiculous. Um, no, they are funny. For people to hear some of this stuff, because I, I think that if someone were to listen to this back most of us would hear it and be like, why would you say that to someone? But most of us at some point have said or asked something that is so Uh ridiculous, like all of us, right? That's so ridiculous. But in the moment, we can only think of essentially, it's, I suppose, a selfish moment because I need that curiosity satisfied. And if I don't know Uh these things, I'm going to ask a ridiculous question. But then you hear it back later and you hear that somebody else has asked it and you kind of think, well obviously not or whichever so I think it's good to like actually list them so people can mm-hmm. hear them um do you ever find that people uh-huh. use the fact that you have bipolar to justify or excuse their bad behavior to you like so if you've had a response to something that someone's done do you do you ever find that people rather than kind of owning that do they kind of just go oh my gosh like stop being bipolar or you know are you just having an, an episode or yeah. whatever, rather than taking acknowledgement for the fact that they perhaps not necessarily like that all the time but I have Mm. had in the past um had an argument with someone they've gone see you mental I've got you you want me to show you mental I'll show you mental (laughs) don't don't poke an axe um or you know I do get a lot of people this is one of my pet peeves just one of mine is someone going like I'll be talking and it'll be a new person there who is like maybe my friend's friend, and they'll go, Okay, that's part of my. I can't control that. I'll try, I really try, but it is, it's and genuinely, it's part of it. yeah, it is. Yeah, so you speak because you have it's called rapid thoughts. So, because my, my thoughts are coming, 
So I, my, brain, my mouth's playing catch up with my brain. Yeah. So um, I try, and if I'm conscious about doing it like I am now, but sometimes when you just get onto a topic and you just talk and they're like, shock, so quick, doesn't change. I think, why have you done that? Like, why have you done that? Why have you said that? Mm. Like, there's no reason to say that. So that bothers but, me. Yeah, I mean, that. I wouldn't like that. I just feel like it's just not very nice. Um, it, yeah. It's not like actively malicious. Like, it's not like something really like, oh my gosh, she's this. But to kind of call me out like that, especially in the middle of my like, rant or whatever I'm talking I'm about talking, then yeah. kind of like yeah while I'm talking to kind of like side chat to somebody else about me in front of me like oh yeah she talks mm-hmm. really quick doesn't she I know it's mm-hmm. just about how quick I talk but for someone like me I would internalize that and that now my brain is like going like 100 miles an hour and now you've made me really like paranoid and anxious while I'm sat here trying to tell you something that I'm excited about and now I don't know what to say and now do I stop talking or do yeah. I try and slow down my speech and now it's like how yeah. do I to respond to that because you've done it in front of me like yeah. what did and you, now, what and did now you you're actually talking quicker <laughs> like yeah uh-huh. it's like even thinking about it makes me panic because it's like what right there and then in that moment mm-hmm. what is your goal to do that how did you want me to feel and respond by doing that Mm. In front of, I know like, I, and I, I have said it to my friend before and I said you do know and she goes I know I just like cause she does she'll laugh at me and she'll go fucking hell Jenny like, that's okay but involving somebody mm. else so it doesn't but like I, I rarely I've, I've never really had a reaction off somebody where they've gone oh my god here she goes with a bipolar but okay I have I, I have I, I massive change recently where I used to um how can I explain it deny that it was bipolar and it was all me and put all the blame on me so if I was feeling down it's because I or it's because I haven't been doing something it wasn't just because they have bipolar you know what I mean and yeah. recently and and one of my friends now looking back she was probably trying to do me a favor but one of my friends would say to me Jenny it's okay it's okay and I'd be like but it's not because of that it's that you know and that, that so it was probably the opposite where she was trying to make me accept it but no I've never really not really had anybody try and blame their reaction on my vibe no not really well I suppose that's a consolation in some way that nobody's uh-huh. tried to do that um mm. <clears throat> what was I going to ask you um ah oh, yes so this is kind of my penultimate question because I have Ooh. an actual question I want to ask at the end, but this one has just come to mind and you may not actually be able to answer because this one, it's kind of putting you on the spot because I'm asking you to recall something that you may not remember. If you can't remember any moments like this, obviously it's fine, but <clears throat> have you had any moments in the past that you kind of look back on where this version of you looks back and go, oh God, that poor version of me, like you were really going through it at the time, but you were doing something that was like absolutely wild or ridiculous that you now find quite funny, even though at the time you were like maybe on the verge. A lot, <laughs> like... yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of moments like that. There's a lot. Um, I've uh, one of them in particular that I remember is because alcohol would have been a trigger for me when I wasn't well. So I would drink a lot and follow words or throw up. I like a throw up every now and again, you know. And uh, when I've had a drink, not just general. Well, I mean, I'm uh, no, I don't like to waste food. But I was, and I was, I was like, um, 
with my friends and we'd been into the village and had a couple of drinks so the drinks and we went back to our friends and I took something that she said the wrong way ended up in a massive argument and I was way too drunk but I was obviously down and I turned around and my bag it was an overnight bag and I flung my bag and I fell in a bush and I couldn't get out the bush for ages and my friend couldn't come close to me because I was like you are a betrayer she hadn't done anything and I was just and I just I completely lost my sh- and and you were actually screaming, you are a betrayer. Yeah, you're a betrayal. You're a betrayer. Feet in the mm-hmm. air because my ass was stuck in the bottom of the bush. And I was like, if you can imagine, you know, if you imagine how Santa Claus gets down the chimney, boom first. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. And then she was trying to help me out the bush, and I wouldn't let her help me out the bush. And it was just us on the street. It was very embarrassing. I'm sorry, and just we were... so also for, for visuals for anyone who's listening, Jen mm-hmm. is about five foot tall. Five. How tall are you? <laughs> like, five two. <laughs> five two. Like she is a teeny tiny. Okay. So just for like visuals, she's teeny tiny. She has bright, like white blonde hair, like natural, very, very like light hair. She is small. <laughs> and we I heard her voice as well so can you imagine like this teeny tiny <laughs> little feet in the air in a bush but with like the voice of an absolute giant so yeah and I had this big massive mustard bag that I bought from Miss Selfridge it was gorgeous but it was an overnight bag so I tried to fling that round and I'd flung myself round I fell at this blog's bush <laughs> feet in the air and I had my Converse trainers on and other ones that go to my ankle so I'm like this, and she's trying to get me out, and I won't help her. Then the bloke comes out of the house, and he pushes me out of the bush, and I turn around and go, why are you touching me for? <laughs> and I was just mental. And looking back now, I can be like, I can laugh about it, but at the time, I really upset my friend. <laughs> it was really, yeah, I can I can imagine and it. Like... Yeah, and she was quite scared, and she was quite worried about me, but then oh, what no. she did was, but then she was a good friend, because then she um we we got on the bus <laughs> put somebody on the bus who's like this we got on the bus and we got off at my stop like near my flat and she came and we laid in bed all night and ate chicken wings <laughs> so luckily for me I have very good friends but you know some people who aren't in that position um, that could potentially be quite a dangerous situation and they could end up getting braid but luckily for me I saw the light you know and and well I didn't to be honest I didn't see the light I'm lying I didn't I didn't do it for myself my manager helped me but but my point is like I you know I got the help and looking back now I can see but we still we laugh about it we laugh about it all the time but like looking back you think that bloke was worried I was gonna like ring the police and press charges for like molestation yeah you like thorns sticking on my ass and like and then my friends like trying to pull me out by my foot but I keep kicking her away <laughs> It must have literally looked like a spectacle that you see on, like, one of these TV shows, like on a sitcom. You know, Police Interceptors. Have you seen Police Interceptors? That's based no. up here. That's It's a programme, mate, and it's, 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 it's filmed up in my area, so it's a bit rough. <laughs> so it was, like, on one of them roads. 
So yeah, but it was like it was like something out of a rom com, you know, where she gets really drunk and then that's what it was yeah, like. Yeah, like that's literally what I can picture. Or a psycho thriller. It's like yeah, <laughs> but it looks like but the person actually needs help right now. Like they're really going through something. But what we see on the outside is like, dude, what the fuck is going on with her? Like. <laughs> Yeah. Frank, and then we do the typical because we all kind of go oh god that's so embarrassing I'd never let myself get to that state and it's like are you sure because maybe she <laughs> like are you are you sure that you never get there because all it takes I is can speak on behalf word. of all females that I've ever come into contact with every single one of them has had their ass in a bush at least once in their life <laughs> um I think I can actually agree with that. I yeah. can, I can, I know. And I'd like to think I'm someone who carries themselves with, in quote, <laughs> decorum, or whatever the fuck that means. Cause, you do, Pops, but you know, I, I mean... For the most part, but yeah, we've all, we've all been in a bush. We've all been in a bush. <laughs> we've all been in a bush. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's about um, it, really. That's the name. Jenny, one. my darling, um, okay. I have one more question for you. Firstly, thank you, thank you, thank you so much um, for being okay. on this. Um, and just for like, I know that we haven't even delved into like, you know, we've only touched sort of the, the surface, but I do think it's important that people kind of um, hear a little bit more of an open conversation about it. Yeah. Um, just think about, and I know that everyone is kind of like, God, we're so sensitive now. Everyone has to think I about it. I know you need to laugh. You have to but laugh like, at it. Yeah. But the thing is, we do also need to think about what we say. We, we do like it's oh, about God, yeah. being human beings like we should be able to laugh at each other and at ourselves but we have to understand the relationships that we have with people I can laugh with you about your bipolar if I just met someone on the road I can't laugh with them that's not no. correct you know not, but no. for some reason we think that we can go online yeah. and because we don't see people face to face we can call them names or say weird things and mm-hmm. I think that we need to just be more aware of that and yes still have a laugh but like with the correct mm-hmm. people you know read yes. the room um, Read the room. So basically, your thank you for kind of um, just enlightening us a little bit and just kind of being so open. Um, mm-hmm. My last question is, what advice would you give about how to love and interact with someone with bipolar disorder? Mm. Well, I think everyone's different. If you're asking this person with bipolar, be honest, open understanding not just open-minded in yourself but open about yourself because I don't want to just sit and be like and people hear about what's going on with me I, I like to and this is going to sound bizarre but I like to hear about other people having faults yeah because and... yeah. then you um, don't feel exposed I suppose it's not like here's all my shit yeah you don't feel under the microscope because you know yeah. if I go to work if I go to the doctors if I'm if I'm in a relationship anywhere, my bipolar is under the microscope. So sometimes it's good to someone say, and and, and realism. So I, I like people to be realistic with me. So Jenny being a dickhead there, like, and it's not even don't blame the bipolar. You're just a dickhead, like you were an asshole, yeah. like you know. And and that's that for me. And and I love somebody is to love them, not in spite of, not just despite the have bipolar, but in spite of it. So love that as part of them because it's there forever it's not yeah. going anywhere and acceptance is the main thing and it's not just about me accepting that I have bipolar but it's anybody else who's with me anyone else who's a friend of mine anyone else who's part of my family they have to accept it as well because it's not going nowhere so deal with it <laughs> oh I love that 
mm-hmm. I love that I think that's my favorite thing that you said is just that kind of literally just that it's not just about you accepting it it's about everybody else mm-hmm. around you accepting it as well yeah that's right um I suppose that goes back to what we were saying with the ripple effect anything that we have it's not just us it's our mm-hmm. people that have to live with yeah. it and deal with it as well so um mm-hmm. yeah um Jen thank you thank you thank you so much um I have absolutely loved having this conversation um I think we need to have you back at some point to discuss yeah. other stuff um yeah. because this has been really great I feel like it's been very 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 real um mm-hmm. I honestly I've, I've loved having you on here so thank you is there anything else that you feel that you want to like add do you want to throw out there into the sound waves anything that I haven't asked or covered that you wanted to no um I don't think so no I mean the one thing that I do want to like stress is and I think I've said this before is um, I said it earlier on is about when when someone has bipolar so listen to the way that they define it so when they say I have bipolar, you'll hear people say I am bipolar, I have bipolar, I suffer from bipolar. Listen to what they're saying. Because a lot of people say to me, Well, you are bipolar, and I don't agree with that statement. So I think that's mm. that's a big that's a big one that people should listen to. But other than that, no. Okay. Um, thank you so much. You're okay. I, do you know what it's so weird because I was about to say thank you and goodbye but literally just off of what you said I get what you mean I've actually seen um you know like these uh memes that's what they're called mm-hmm. right memes. yeah and yeah. one of them said like um and I kind of understand it in the sense obviously it's different in different senses because I when I have I've put on weight so I class myself as being fat right but yeah. I saw a, a meme that said um you know, you have fat, you aren't fat because we have fingernails, but it doesn't mean we are fingernail. <laughs> um, so I get that it's like I, I have bipolar, I'm not bipolar. Like mm-hmm. like I myself, I am not depression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't know why there's a different there's I don't know why there's a different way of wording it just for bipolar. I've never heard anybody bipolar, else yeah. I've never heard anybody else use the wording for any other type. So no yeah. one else says I am anxiety. I am anxious. I am anxiety, yeah. But they don't, they're not. They're not anxiety. So yeah, that's. It's just it's something that I've. I've it plays on my mind a lot because you hear it a lot, and I hate the. I hate the phrasing of suffering with, because I don't suffer with it. I live with it. Yeah. You know, other people can. Other people can suffer. You suffer all. You Doris down the road. You suffer with it all you want. I don't. I live with it. <laughs> Yeah. Interesting, isn't like, it? Opened up a yeah. can of worms there, haven't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so I think you know, I actually think that we could probably have like another episode just on this. Um yeah, no. <laughs> we will that because we've now gone into an, an hour and ten minutes. So I don't know how that's gone so quickly. I know um, it has. But thank you so much. No um, problem. And guys, um, this is my friend Jen. Um, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. We've literally talked about the serious parts of stuff, the funny parts of stuff, the sad parts that we still laughed at. (laughs) 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 Um, So yeah, I I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Um, And yeah, thank you. And goodbye.